Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as the members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of God for the people of God. Good morning, everybody. Um, My name is Gloria, and I am a a really part-time student pastor here. And I was asked to preach on dating today. And I think mainly because Brittany hasn't been in the dating pool for like 12 years. (laughs) Like, let's just, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, So I was more recently, I've I've more recently been in the dating pool. Um, Before I start, I want to give a disclaimer um, that dating is a huge topic. And I can't possibly talk about everything that you can talk about when it comes to dating and being a Christian in the amount of time that I've been allotted. Um, And that I am a straight woman in my late 20s, and I have had certain dating experiences. My dating experience can't speak to everybody's dating experience. And I want to acknowledge that there are other lifestyles and ways of dating, like the gay male experience or polyamory dating that I can't speak to. But I do think that what I'm going to say will speak to everyone on some level. And so I just want you to listen and keep that in mind while I'm talking. So in today's day and age, you can find anything that you want on the internet. You can order something on Amazon and have it delivered to you within two hours here in Chicago if you so desire. People are cutting their cable and watching TV and movies on the internet. I ordered my groceries online yesterday and I'm having them delivered today after church because I don't have time to go to the grocery store. Uh, So when people ask me how I found my boyfriend, my response is where you can find anything that you want on the internet. Um, That's true. (laughs) Dating has been revolutionized by the internet and the invention of smartphones. You no longer necessarily have to hope that you will find somebody in a bar or that your friends or family will set you up with someone who's absolutely fantastic for you. That can still happen today, but the internet is another option that you've got. So for those of you who are not actively dating and don't know much about the realm of online dating, I'm going to give you a quick crash course. So you create a profile for yourself with as much or as little information as you want. 
Um, you can include your likes, your dislikes, some basic information, your ASL, age, sex, location, a picture. And, and then some dating websites have additional things that you fill out, like questions. And then your answers to these questions feed an algorithm, and then this algorithm matches you with people who have answered questions similarly, and it can tell you uh, how well you'd get along or only show you people that you would get along with. And they can kind of give you like a match percentage, like you'd get along with this person 75%. Um, so, um, and then some of these well-known dating sites include eHarmony, Match.com, OkCupid, Plenty of Fish, like Plenty of Fish in the Sea. Co and then there are apps, so there's Coffee Meets Bagel and Hinge. I could keep going. Um, if you haven't heard of what these are and want to talk to me later, I can fill you in on more details. Um, and, and then there are like dating sites that are specific for certain aspects of your life. So there's Christian Mingle for Christians seeking Christians, or there's FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> so, like, if you are a farmer or you want to fall in love with a farmer, um, and and then finally, there are sites and apps that were initially created specifically for casual sex that include Tinder, Grinder, and Adult Friend Finder. Uh, and I say initially intended because now people use these as a way to just meet people in general and not just for casual sex anymore. So I spent a lot of time in the past couple of weeks uh, watching videos online trying to find something that really captures both the joys and the hardships of modern dating. Now, I don't know about you, but I really love BuzzFeed. It's one of my favorite time-wasting activities. Um, and I was able to find this video on BuzzFeed that we're going to show that compares dating now to dating in the 90s. So I want you to pay attention <laughs> to the positives and the negatives for both dating now and in the 90s. Positives and negatives for both. <laughs> so what are some of the things that you noticed in this video, positive or negative? You can feel free to like shout out if you want. Yeah, that's a negative about today. That's something that bothers me a lot. <laughs> but I do it too. <laughs> um, Anne said, people are on their phones. You can't connect in person. Anything else? Anybody else want to? Well, I saw, there, I saw a lot of good and bad things for both times. Uh, some of the joys of our modern ways of dating include being able to find people that you know are interested in dating. Uh, you can see if you think that you're initially compatible, so you won't waste your time with someone you have nothing in common with. Uh, you can communicate immediately. It's efficient and expedited. But let's take a look at some of the negatives. You judge people based on the smallest things that can ultimately be unimportant. You're not taking the time to see if you might be compatible with someone because they like sports and biology, and that's not your thing. The video just gives us a really great overview of dating now versus the 90s. And it also points out that dating is really a double-edged sword. That things that can be positive about it can also be what's negative about it. As I said in the beginning, dating is a very broad topic, so I'm just going to 
focus on three different things that speak to my own dating experience and other people's dating experiences. So around this time last year, I was single. A few months earlier, my long-term relationship had ended, and I was ready to jump back into the dating pool. Um, so I signed up for a number of different dating sites and apps, including OkCupid and Tinder. Um, and one thing that I've heard from numerous people and that I can validate with my own dating experience is that online dating is like a second job. You can be culling through thousands of profiles just to find a handful of people you think you might want to meet in person. So when I was about to go on my first date where I met Tim, my boyfriend, for the first time, I thought we wouldn't get along. I told you <laughs> Mainly because our messages were pretty short and superficial. Um, we talked about like dancing or something like that. And I just want to point out we've been dating for almost a year and haven't gone dancing yet. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know, I didn't know if we would have a lot to talk about. Um, and the reason that I decided to give him a shot um, was because a couple of weeks earlier, I had gone on a date with someone who was 100% perfect for me on paper. Our match percentage was 100%. Um, and so when I went on the date with the perfect guy, there was no spark. He was really nice, but I just wasn't attracted to him. And that made me pause and think that the person who fit my online diagnostics might not actually work in person. I decided to give Tim a chance, and I'm really happy that I did. Uh, Aziz Ansari and Eric Kleinberg wrote a book called Modern Romance, which I haven't had time to read yet. Um, reading is now a summertime, like recreational reading is a summertime activity for me now and my classmates are laughing because it's for them too. <laughs> so they also wrote an op-ed piece on the New York Times to publicize modern romance, which I did have time to read. And they wrote, we are horrible at knowing what we want. Online dating is just a vehicle to meet more people. It's not the place to actually date. My first point is that dating is an in-person process. You have to show up, and someone else has to show up. It's really easy to get stuck in that online world, and I will say that part of the problem with Mr. Perfect was that we texted each other way too much before we actually met. I was expecting something fantastic in person because we had this great rapport via our smartphones. And then when we were in person, we had great rapport, but it wasn't dating rapport. So you have to show up and interact. Before you show up, though, you have to do a little solo work. I have a family friend who got divorced a number of years ago. And after her divorce, she created a collage with all the different traits and qualities that she wanted in her next relationship. And then when she, well, and she hung that collage in her bedroom. So she saw it every day. 
then when she began dating someone who fit those essentials, and she realized that she loved him, she wrote on the collage, his name is the love of my life. And she put it in an envelope and sealed it and gave it to her son and had him sign and date it. Now this sounds a little bit counterintuitive to what I just said about my own personal story. That's why I say dating is a double-edged sword because you don't want to be too picky, but you have to know yourself. And that's where the first question out of the four questions that we've been talking about, they should come up, um, over the past few weeks comes into play. What do I desire and why do I desire that comes into play. You, you have to look inward. You have to know yourself. That's point two. And knowing yourself includes knowing that you are a child of God, claimed by Christ. This is where our scripture passage for today is really important. Paul is saying that we have to clothe ourselves with compassion, humility, gentleness, or meekness, patience, and love. This means that we have to treat ourselves with all of these virtues. I want to pick out the word humility here. In the Greco-Roman world, humility was associated with contemptible servility. But here in this passage, it's viewed in a positive light. It's based on a proper sense of self-worth and not simply a meekness of character or a weakness of character. You need to know yourself. You need to have a proper sense of self-worth. When you're clothed in these traits for yourself, that's when you can turn them outward. Compassion here in this scripture is a heartfelt sympathy for the situations of others and active consideration. That kind of humility that I just pointed out it allows someone the ability to count others as better than oneself. Gentleness entails courtesy and consideration. Consideration again, active consideration. Do I even need to explain what patience is to you people? The tolerance of others' shortcomings? So all of this for yourself, and then you can turn it outward. When you're dating, you need to encompass all of these things, including the love. Love is the greatest of all of these virtues and encompasses all of them. We say here every week that we are relevant, that this isn't just a Sunday thing that we do. That means that this has to flow into your dating life. You have to date as a member of the body of Christ. I'm not saying you're going to be in love with every single person you meet, but that you have to treat them with a love that includes compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This is how the question, what does my partner desire, fits into dating. And it leads to my third point, that communication is essential. You cannot be in a healthy relationship sexually or otherwise, without communication. You're together, in person, 
you know yourself and what you want, then you have to say what you want and listen to what the other person wants. You have to know what God desires for you and for other people in general. You might not know what God desires for your partner specifically, but I'm sh you have to have a pretty good idea of what God wants for humanity as a whole. Then after listening, really listening to your partner, you have to see how all of this aligns. All of these things have to align. It's a big balancing act. And then, to add more on top of it, you add sex. And that makes this process even more important. I'm not going to stand up here and say you shouldn't have sex. For one thing, that would make me a hypocrite. And the Bible talks a lot about sex. But the focus of that is the condemnation of men's violations of other men's property rights. All of the commands are directed towards men with their interests in mind. Their interests are of that time and place, not of this time and place. And I, for one, am not going to take my dating and sex advice from men that wrote this book over 2,000 years ago. Amen. <laughs> and I, I, don't think, I don't think that God thinks sex is a bad thing. I am of the firm theology, in fact, that if God didn't want us to have sex, she wouldn't have made it feel so good. <laughs> when it comes to sex, you have to do all of the emotional work of being in person, knowing yourself, what you desire, why you desire it, communicating with your partner, thinking about how that fits with God's desires for us. And if all, all of that aligns, great, go for it. You can be casually dating someone, getting together with them in person, sharing who you are, learning about who they are, knowing what you want and what they want. And if you want, guys decide you want to have sex, great. On the flip side, you could not want a relationship. You could have grown up in a culture that didn't accept you or your sexuality, and you want to claim who you are sexually as someone who is fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You've done your work. You know what you desire, why you desire it, what God wants for you. And then you have to communicate explicitly with the person that you want to have sex with. You have to tell them, I'm only looking for sex. And you have to listen to what they desire. If they want that, great. If they don't, that means everything doesn't align. And you have to respect that. No string sex can be done in a healthy way. Not just physically, but emotionally. For you and for your partner. Dating is beautiful because it allows you to explore who you are, who you are in God's love, what you want, and what